Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to Digital Artcast. Uh, another episode here, rounding out. And uh, yeah, this one is uh, particularly special to me and the audience because I know you guys have been asking to, uh, to have this episode for a long time um, and I've managed to arrange it. Um, a few back and forward episodes, obviously, because the person I'm trying to interview is always so busy, of course, because he's pretty much running an empire just now. Um, today, we are talking to the amazing and talented Mr. Mark Burnett. Um, hey, Mark, how's it going? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, hey, yeah of course, man. Yeah, hey. Um, yeah, so uh, scheduling and technicalities aside, I finally got you here. Um <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's been a it's been a while. So props to you for you know for not giving up because uh, oh, yeah. you did reach out to me a lot and uh, and oh, thanks yeah. for that that I'm here today. So yeah, thanks thanks for insisting. Yeah, yeah, Happy to be here. and that's yeah definitely. And this is for me. I think this is probably one of the the biggest interviews I've conducted probably since I spoke uh, spoke to Scott Robertson uh, a couple of months back. Um, Probably, it's probably yeah. way, way more important. So, <laughs> but oh. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know if Scott would say that, but yeah, um, no, definitely. There's a couple of people in my in my list of uh, art heroes, and you're definitely one of them, Mark. I'm sorry to be fanboying it out on you, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah, man, of course. Um, yeah, so uh, again, the thing we usually do in interviews is, is introduce you and, and talk about your career. I can't understand if anybody's listening, they wouldn't know already who you are or what you do. But um, I mean, the bulk of your career has been Blizzard um, since you were quite young. So maybe just touching that briefly, um, kind of how you got into the company, you know, the things you've done while you were there. Um, and then obviously your initial leaving. Um, is it how many years ago now? Is it now? Is it four years ago? Uh, it's been Three? a little over two years. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's still quite recent. Yeah, so go for it, Mark. Let the people know who you are. <laughs> right. uh, well, I um, so how I got started at Blizzard. Um, so I mean, my, my my love for Blizzard always, you know, always uh, it started with uh, Warcraft. So that's that's one of the first game that that I played when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know how old I was back then. Maybe around you know eight. 10 years old uh, and, and I had, you know, I had been playing with computers for, for a while. I was lucky enough that uh, my dad for his work, he had uh, a laptop provided to him. So as soon as I was probably five or six years old, I was playing with his, uh, you know, with his work laptop um, and, and just, yeah, just loving it. So uh, there's always been the drawing part, of course, and I've been just like pretty much every other artist uh, I've been drawing since I was a kid. I've always drawn, you know, in school and class and all this stuff. And then the love for the computer also kind of, kind of, yeah, came in uh, when I was younger. So anyways, I got into video games and uh, some of those were, were uh, Warcraft 2 and, uh, and uh, Diablo. And so that's really when I started to, to really, really uh, dig video games. Those are my favorite games. And I would look at the little booklets and all the arts that was in it by, by Medzen and Samwise. And really that's, yeah, that's kind of what my inspiration was at the beginning. So I, uh, yeah, moving on from there. I mean, I just, uh, just kept on drawing, you know, just went through high school normally. And, uh, when I was in college, when it was a time to actually, you know, start to think about a career, I really had no idea what I was, to, what I wanted to do. And so, uh, <laughs> the, the, the counselor at uh, our high, high school actually suggested that I go into uh, uh, computer engineering, engineering, 
right. if I wanted to do a video game. So that was the best kind of um, guideline that I had at the time, which was, you know, very bad. <laughs> but that's kind of what I rolled with. You know, my parents didn't know anything about that, about that world. And uh, nobody else really knew. So it was kind of new. And so, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I studied to go into science. And then I went to science in, in college. And uh, yeah, I hated it. So, um, so I, I focused a lot more on the arts. I uh, kind of dropped out, and yeah, you know, I've been I've been painting. Uh, from that point, I had been painting for for in Photoshop for a long time, and uh, by just you know posting my stuff online, uh, the, like uh, you know adding adding more and more pieces to my portfolios, uh, I was seeing some progress there. You know. The, each piece was getting a little bit more attention, and uh, and that was mostly on on Deviant Art, but on on a bunch of other forums as well. And uh, all that attention at some point, you know, somebody somebody saw it, I guess. And uh, one of the art director for a a company in Montreal, where where I'm from originally in Canada, uh, they uh, well they reached out and they're like, hey, we see uh, we've seen your you know your portfolio on on Deviant Art and want to check if you're interested in taking an art test for uh, for concept artist position. So at that time I was still in school. And of course I, it's more the, the interesting part I guess is that I was never planning to go in video games. So that was never my thing. I just I was I was painting, doing a couple, you know, a couple side gigs here and there with uh in relating relating to that. But uh, I was just kind of seeing where this would all take me. And then the turn for video games really came with that offer. I had really never thought about it but that sounded cool so i'm like hey i love it i love video games i love drawing hell why not you know that's kind of perfect so i just rolled with it and it worked out so i got the job and uh two years later same thing you know i was uh while i was working there i was still uh you know working a lot of my personal stuff again keep on you know updating my portfolio and then uh, the same thing happened but with blizzard at that time so Uh, yeah, they reached out to me and they're like, hey, we've seen your stuff on DeviantArt again. <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn. Um, so, yeah, at that time it was more like a, a really, really kind of far-fetched uh, dream, you know, to ever worked in uh, in the United States um, because I had no, no degree, nothing. You know, I was a dropout. And so uh, when that offer came in, it was a little bit surreal uh, and it was kind of a like a, a dream that was impossible that suddenly maybe had an option to, to actually be, become reality. And, uh, and then, yeah, so I did the art test, went through the whole process and uh, they, they accepted me. So uh, I started on the Titan team, which was in its very, you know, uh, I, they were just starting. Essentially, I was the second uh, character artist on the team. And uh, yeah, so I spent the bulk of my career at Blizzard on Titan slash Overwatch. And, uh, yeah, so after that, after those, those five years, you know, some stuff happened internally and, and decided to, uh, to, to change direction with the game, which is, you know, which, which eventually became Overwatch. Yeah. But, um, yeah, from there I, I moved on teams, uh, and I started working on Starcraft. And so I, I moved on to team one essentially. And team one is, was at the time Starcraft and Heroes of the Storm that was kind of just starting. And so I worked for um, I worked on StarCraft a little bit, um, and then the rest of my career at Blizzard for the the the, last, the, uh, the other three years was really working on uh, Heroes of the Storm, and then oh, cool. uh, yeah, wow, and that's I mean that's a big legacy to have worked on Titan because uh, I mean I I only know from an outside perspective obviously, um, but I did watch a documentary that um, Gamespot done on uh, when they talked to Jeff and Chris about how Titan you know formed and how eventually 
or it kind of failed and then they kind of were humbled by that and then they moved on uh to overwatch so you were there for that whole thing which must have been an interesting oh, yeah. time because your first project i mean technically your first project at blizzard didn't actually get lit so i mean yeah that would have been an interesting experience and that's, not being even, on that. that's, not, that's not even it's more like at that point you know all the work that i had been uh doing in montreal you know prior to my job at blizzard was only uh, was always on, uh, on on game pitches like game demos so it was a really small team and we were trying to to come up with new ideas, you know, testing, like uh, essentially making like one level games, uh, a bunch of different ones to see which one, uh, you know, the company would kind of like and perhaps develop, but that never happened. So uh, for my entire career up to, you know, seven years into my career, I had never shipped a game. And then you had this, and then you had this thing, you know, five years later, I've worked pretty much, you know, my, the bulk of my career on this project. And then, and then they reset it. And of course, you know, I won't ever be able to, to show anything that I've done in those, in those five years. So it's more like, oh, man, been seven years in the industry, never shipped a title. Jesus oh, are you kidding Christ. Me? Yeah, so I mean, because I mean, it seems like a totally interesting story. And obviously, I was even just watching the GDC talk with Arnold Sang and Billy the other day about um, the process on Overwatch. And yeah, just a, a super talented team, um, especially with the the art side of it. It definitely was a lot of exploration, but it's actually great. I love the fact that they were able to turn that around into um, what is now obviously one of the biggest games in the world. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it was it would have been an interesting time to be there. And then of course you went to StarCraft, which obviously has its own legacy. Um, and then of course, um, like you said, just over two years ago, um, you decided to leave the company um, because you wanted to focus on your own inter- internal um, yeah. thing that you were running at the time, which was Cube Brush. Um, so yeah, just the thinking behind that and how that got started, was that something that was always in the back of your mind? Um, was that because mostly of you weren't shipping something or was that something you wanted to make that was physically in the world that was finished or? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's a good question. So the, the, um, how the idea for, for that, for the company, uh, started it really started small so uh it was mostly at the beginning it, it was kind of a, a chain of events right that led to what it is right now but essentially the at the beginning uh i think it was towards the end of my time on the overwatch team or the, the titan uh, titan team yeah. um you know I, I had been working there for for five years so i guess for most people you know if you work three to four years in a company uh, at any you know given position unless you switch it up like a lot you know you, you jump positions a lot but for most people about three to four years is the the usual range for um for you to start uh kind of plateauing like um to, to be a little bit bored of the routine and that was yeah. kind of that was kind of that for me as well like uh, maybe four and a half five years into it so maybe a little bit later than most people just because you know the team was awesome the project was awesome but yeah. um when uh yeah towards the end it was more something that i wanted to explore uh for myself you know do something 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 else outside of the routine and i started a youtube channel so that's really where it started uh and then i started a youtube channel just you know making tutorials and i got a good response so i kept making more and more and more and uh the only reason that i switched to a website from there was to essentially make it a little bit more easy for me to respond to people uh, and to build kind of a, a small community that could answer, uh, that could help me answer the, the questions that kept coming back on YouTube that I was, you know, always, I always tried to reply to everybody, but it was beca- it was becoming like a really big 
part of my day. And so my thought was that hey, if I have a personal website where I can put all my, my, uh, all my YouTube videos on there and maybe, you know, uh, create some stuff that that's a little bit more in depth, um, and a little bit more, a little bit more polished, you know, it has a little bit more production value. Maybe I can charge for it. Uh, maybe some people will, will buy that and, uh, you know, it'll make, it'll make all the time that I'm spending on this a little bit more worth it maybe. Uh, and that all kind of worked as well. So, uh, so I started to do that more and more. So it's it's slowly shifted from YouTube to to this that that small business, you know, that small website that essentially was just a personal website. Yeah. And then uh, then uh, my daughter was born, and so I think that kicked off a lot of stuff in in in, in my head. Uh, it was more like suddenly, uh, and right around that time also was when the the team kind of reshuffled. Uh, everybody come in the company, and that's when I that's when I changed team too. So right about that time was when I, I realized that you know this this super stable gig that I had you know that I've had had for the last five years or so was was not that stable after all. And um, yeah. I could you know I was on a visa back then, so I could. I could essentially be deported if, if I lost my job. So Jesus. like, oh, I have a family here. That's not going to work out. And yeah. so, yeah, so the, <laughs> the, I, uh, so the whole process really, you know, uh, it was kind of a slap in the face as to I, this is super temporary unless I make it more stable and unless I, I have kind of a backup plan. And so the small business that, that was, you know, QBrush back then, uh, essentially evolved into uh, yeah into something that's 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 much bigger over time. I've, I start to focus a lot more on that um, yeah. part of my life, and then uh, you know beyond kind of me creating paid tutorials, it was really more like I was trying to uh, to get other people to contribute as well, so that it's not just me on the website. I felt you know that would be a, a more complete experience for for users, and uh, we, I was able to get a lot of a lot of really really good artists on there because of you know I had been working in the industry, so I had a lot of friends, and I could just ask them, hey, you want to do something for me? Come on, man, come on! And a lot of them <laughs> said yes. But uh, as this you know as we did more and more, it was starting to be really really challenging to to get anything out of out of out of people to get people to say yes. Um, so they're like, well, especially top tier artists, right? And so those are the ones that I wanted to to, to have produce content for us because they're, you know, it's awesome. Um, and, and they wouldn't, a lot of them said no, because, you know, I could probably do something on my own and, and, and make a lot more, you know, I didn't have any money back then really. Uh, so I couldn't, have, you know, I couldn't possibly uh, offer them something like what Nomen Workshop, for example, would be able to, to, uh, to offer oh, them, yeah. right? So I couldn't compete with them and I'm like, well, this is not going to work out. Uh, and so Throughout kind of this process, you know, for over a couple couple months, it really started to the, the the plan really started to brew, and it was that's kind of what started it. So I, I I couldn't get all the artists that I wanted. It was really frustrating, and so I'm like, well, screw that. Instead, uh, I'm just going to um, well put all my savings into this this new project where it's not going to be my personal website anymore. It's going to be this this platform that's a little bit more like Etsy, but for uh, digital artists, and so. Uh, if somebody wants to open a store, you know, I'm not going to chase after them and, and they, they can just open one and do their own thing, manage their store like they want and keep, you know, all the profits essentially. Uh, and we'll see where that, you know, where that goes. And that's what QBrush is today. So I guess it worked out. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so it was a, couple, it was a rough couple, a couple of years, but yeah, it's working yeah. out. Cool. Yeah, man. Definitely. Um, I mean, definitely judging for your your move in real estate, I think it's it's definitely been a precious anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, like it's it, it's great that it's working out, man. It's just it's amazing to see you um, flourish from this great career you had in Blizzard, and then obviously working in 
uh, through California is going to be difficult. And then, you know, you've made this new business that's just thrived. And um, it kind of seems like the, there's a lot of people now adjusting or, or, or making their websites um, vendor friendly, which I think is something that you've kind of kickstarted, especially within yeah. within art and within tu- tu- tutorials. I mean, Gumroad was there to begin with, obviously, but yeah. um, it, I feel that sometimes has a, a stagnation because it's so hard to navigate or it's hard to find things on it. Um, but we, your, your weekly emails that go out every, you know, every Monday, it's always awesome. You get the little happy Monday email, you know, here's the, the top trending products, here's what's available. Um, it seems like it's, it's great because you're keeping it in the public eye, you're rotating stuff, you're keeping what's fresh in the store. Um, definitely curating it. And I think curating it's really hard. It's the same thing I think that happened with the Apple store when, you know, games kind of launched in the stratosphere and there was so much content. Um, the biggest problem they had was curation and trying to make sure that that stuff that was in there was getting you know funneled to the top and you could see the, the good things um so that's going to be a, a real issue for the, the store when it starts to blow up like that right is the curation have you just been handling that yourself have you employed a team that kind of works through what's been filtered in the store what's been what's new what's what's kind of trending yeah a lot of, i mean a lot of the um, the reason why I, you know uh, I chose to go this way was really because of uh, I mean obviously you know when you when you start when when you're looking to start a company you're going to look at, at what's out there and how they're doing things and, and what could be improved and really that was my also kind of I guess I soaked that up from Blizzard because that's really their thing right where they they, they pick a genre that they think can be improved and then they make a really cool product that's better than everything out there uh improving on all the, the the issues that the other games had and that's really kind of my approach for uh for cube brush it was uh you know there were exactly gumroad was kind of starting back then um but there was no sense of community and it was essentially you're just having your own website really that's what it was and uh if you're not well connected as an artist uh you're you're kind of screwed, right? So you don't you don't have those connections. You can't push out your your story, even if you share on social media and you don't have any friends. It's no, nobody's going to see it. And yeah. so the, the that was part of a, a problem I kind of noticed. And so the the, the whole idea with QBrush was not only to have tutorials, but to have essentially anything, you know, anything digital that, that's artistic that you want to share, that you want to sell, you can do that. And it's going to be in this, this community, this tight community where everybody is kind of pulled together and... Uh, that seemed to work a lot more for, for uh, in my opinion, and uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how it started. And uh, the the curated aspect of it was also a a difficult decision in the sense that it's a bad um, it's it's <laughs> it's a decision that pays off on the long term, but short term when you're starting a company, it's always bad to put the brakes on anything, and which. Maybe that's what it does, right? So when I have when you have kind of a gate to get into a platform, there's always going to be a lot of a lot of people I just drop out, right? Because of uh, ah, there's something in my way. Screw that! I'm going to do something else. And so that was a conscious decision at the beginning, uh, and it was kind of a pretty big gamble too. But I figured that all the competitors that are outside uh, out there, you know, when it comes to their content, it's not so. Uh, uh, there's always a lot of a lot of stuff that's just not good. Hold on, I'm yeah. close the door. My family's fine. <laughs> so raw these these interviews are there's live there's live children running about. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so uh, the the curated aspect of it really came from uh, yeah from from the competitors looking at at what they have and whenever they had those communities there was there was so much stuff that you just have to filter through to find exactly what you want, and so 
yeah, the decision was I don't want that for 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 the platform that I'm working on. I want yeah. everything on there to be to be top quality, so people that go on there they don't waste time. Uh, they just search for a little bit and they'll find something that they love. And so yeah, it was a slower start. Um, but you know, kept on grinding, uh, growing the team. So now we have uh, well, eleven other, yeah, eleven other uh, people working on on Qbrush. So it, it's growing, um, you know, uh, and it's been awesome. So it, yeah. it's so much fun to see all the all the insane kind of content that comes in every day. Uh, just, you know, one of my favorite things is just refreshing the the recent uh, product page to see to see what comes. What stuff is coming uh, in? Yeah, it's it's just yeah. ridiculous. And so, but yeah, the, the main mission, you know, the main mission for this whole thing was to, to allow artists that don't have that visibility to be as equally uh, measured against other people on, on a platform. So this is really kind of trying to close the gap between their skills and the, the amount of money that they can make and really try to, to uh, remove or reduce the impact of, of popularity. So obviously not negatively, but make sure that the people that don't have it can still benefit a lot and, and hopefully be able to sell just as much. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's the same kind of thing you find with ArtStation as well, where, um, I mean, Leonard and his team are obviously working hard to make sure that's obviously curated as well. But with trending as well, you kind of find that sometimes you can get lost amongst, you know, the same top maybe 15 20 artists that are posting stuff all the time um and yeah like Qbrush i do find is is good even time i'm going on just to look at things you can see things getting recycled and there is new content you're not seeing the same things every time you go on the home page mm-hmm. um which is awesome um and you know th- that kind of leads me into my next question of you know Qbrush was the first thing straight after blizzard but now you've launched the art school and you know within Qbrush um within your brand obviously with you so Again, what was the thinking behind that? Was that a thing where you looked at things where, like Ash and Mache and and um, were look, you know, working on Learn Squared and and other aspects of online schools? Was that something you wanted to kind of get into or see things that could be improved? Is that how the school came across? Um, the idea for the school was um, so you know when when I started it uh, last year, like last year, I was uh, I had been doing a lot of different tutorials and uh, kind of just very similar to the business you know they, they had been growing in in in, in scope um, so at the beginning I was doing like smaller tutorials maybe one hour you know maybe maybe less and then moved on maybe two three hours four five six seven and then I was uh, you know the last the last big course that I released before I started on art school was 45 hours and it was on a uh, uh, you know a 3d career um, wow. the ultimate guide for a 3d career and so I was getting up there and then I was just trying to look at my, my next challenge, right? So when it comes to, uh, to tutorials, so I don't associate, you know, all the tutorials that I create, they're from my store, right? So I'm just another seller like everybody else on Qbrush. Um, and I have my own little store and that's, you know, that's why I'm producing content. But and that's just something that I really love to do. And the the idea for Art School, it was, yeah, it was kind of a culmination of a number of things, but mostly just trying to see what my next big project is, trying to identify, um, you know, a, a big problem that uh, that that people or that starting artists might have. And one of those was just uh, access to art education and how kind of scattered all over the place it was or uh, or how they had uh, how a lot of people had these really, you know, uh, deep preconceived notions about about the, the options that are out there. And so. I'm like, yeah, th- there has to be something that's that's a little bit better, that's that's cheaper, that's more affordable for people. Um, and there's just, I looked around and there just wasn't. So yeah. that's kind of where everything started. I'm like, 
Well, uh, I now the business is going well. I'm, you know, I'm, I keep on hiring, and, and I don't have all this 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 massive load that I had, you know, in the first the first year and a half, two years uh, yeah. anymore. So I have a little bit more time for myself. So mm. yeah, maybe I, maybe I can maybe I can actually tackle this, and then that's kind of how I started, and been rolling with it ever since. It's been uh, it's been pretty crazy. Time-wise, super time-consuming, a lot of work, but it's been really fun, especially seeing, you know, just the feedback from everybody. Uh, it's been super positive, so, yeah, it's yeah, been fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a, a thing where artists I've spoken to lately have been trying to rewire people's brains and that art schools don't have to cost a fortune. You can get a decent education for, you know, a reasonable price. I mean, we were just talking about this um, at IMAG in Paris because James Pack, Pack, James Pack was there... Um, talking about his brainstorm school and they were trying to obviously work a similar mission where they wanted to give higher you know quality of education for film game cinematics and content without obviously charging um the earth um which a lot of people you know assimilate to schools like art center um which you know have the higher price tag um you know without a scholarship you're then paying a lot of money um and then again with your with your art school as probably one of the 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 cheapest options compared to going to a, a physical school and 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 it also speaks to your education as well because you were self-taught your whole life you know mm-hmm. you, you didn't kind of go to school for art so yeah it's one of these things i try to tell people when they talk about um like picking an art school or going to an art school i do say to people you know that's great if you want to go to that environment because there is benefits to going to a school but you know you don't have to you don't have to physically go to these schools and get qualifications you can just teach yourself or learn online um because there is so many more options even free options on youtube now so um yeah and i think do you find was that the similar trend with with schools with you did you feel like there was another option when you started it yeah well i mean obviously like i said i'm a dropout right so i never had that big of a, a um an opinion on uh, or that that good of an opinion of school in general uh i just felt like it wasn't it wasn't something that was for me it didn't work out you know that's not what i wanted to do i i, I knew from and I'm lucky in that sense, but I knew from a very young age kind of the direction that I wanted with my life. Um, and and it's cool. It just was kind of steering me away from that in a sense. Um, and yeah, so especially moving here to the United States where all the schools are just ridiculously expensive. I'm from Canada, right? So the, the school yeah. system over there is pretty much free. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so com- coming here was a big part of it so uh, looking at those all those you know top tier school um which charge you know you'll, you'll come out of here and you're lucky if you're if you're not 200 grand in a hole um, yeah it's just it was insane to me so it was more of a um, that, that the way that i think about that is more regardless of the quality of your education you know even if you go to the best school and you learn the best things from the best teachers the price that they charge will never make that a good value will never make that a good option and that's just yeah. price wise so it's especially here in the states um yeah. and so you know th- that was really all it was uh and it's i i've asked so many times different occasions uh it's different people you know what what their upbringing uh, upbringing was like and what you know what kind of school they went into uh to end up uh as as professional artists and uh, and the ratio of people that actually attended school is quite low 
And um, so, yeah, that made me think that's all right. So obviously people are succeeding without it. So it's, it's not 100% needed. Uh, it's yeah. way too expensive for the, for the majority of people. You know, nobody can afford that unless your parents are really rich or unless you work five jobs. And uh, yeah, that sucks. And, you know, I, I knew that it was doable for, for anyone to do that from home uh, without having to attend school. And so with a little bit more guidance, essentially, this, uh, this is really what I'm trying to to offer with this where it's uh you know it, you're learning on your own yes but there's also all the community aspect to it there's the structure of, of a real school there's the interaction with other students uh you know we're, we're doing live streams now so it's it's kind of almost the same uh minus kind of the you know the physical touch of having other students in there yeah. but uh yeah it's yeah. uh, it's not a love story between between me and and traditional art schools. Let's just say. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And then, of course, once the kind of art school's been run up and running, you've also released the the Ultimate Anatomy package, which kind of covers um, head and hands, main anatomy. Are these breakout lessons from the art school that you want to ship into separate packages, or is this an ongoing thing that you're trying to also do on top of the school? Yeah. So the one thing that's interesting that not a lot of people know, obviously, but it's that, uh, you know, the majority of the sales from the tutorials, if not all, uh, yeah, pretty much all the sales from the tutorial, all the proceeds, they go, they go back into QBrush. So, uh, you know, as, as a company, I never went and asked for investor money. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, hundred percent private. There's no, there's no outside investment that went into it. And it was all funded thanks to, thanks to my tutorials really. So I was kind of the, the main investor in the company, if you want. And right. so, uh, the, the main reason why I started, uh, or, or the main reason why I figured that art school would be a viable option, uh, because prior to that, I had been releasing, you know, uh, tutorials kind of like on a, on, on a schedule, not really a schedule, but like often, you know, throughout the year. And so I always had kind of this, this, uh, this income coming in, being able to, to, to pay the salaries of my employees. And, the reason why I figured that art school would be a viable option is that I could, with all the different classes that that I work on, you know, for for the, the following year, year and a half, uh, I won't be able to release individual tutorials. But with all the content that I'm creating in there and, and the diversity, I'll probably be able to to package those into smaller bits and be able to so sell those kind of individually. So it's almost like I'm working on a like 20 tutorials at the same time. So I think of arts uh, art school kind of like that, and so. The anatomy package was exactly that, right? So it's it's all the all the classes for anatomy kind of packaged together, and right. uh, really kind of the first the first try that I'm doing with this to see to see how it was going to work out, right. and uh, yeah, and then so far it's actually working out pretty good. So yeah. that's encouraging, and it makes it makes it makes it all the more exciting to keep working on art school because I know that you know we won't be we won't be uh, struggling for money or anything like that. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting as well, because if you break those individual lessons into separate chunks, then it can be somebody who's like, well, I don't want to learn everything, but I do know that my perspective needs to be fixed or I'm struggling with anatomy. So they can then, yeah, take those in. Um, and then again, through those projects you've done with the, the school and then with the anatomy packages, um, what's your kind of even like six month forecast for QBrush now? What's kind of the next thing that you're pursuing? Is it just mainly focusing on the art school and making sure that there's another term of that? Are you thinking of any expansion or anything you want to, you're want? you going to be pushing video-wise? or? Yeah, I mean, with art school, I'm definitely going to stop once I'm done with it, right? Once I wrap it up, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll probably take 
a couple of days away from the computer completely so i don't have to, <laughs> to sit in my in my studio yeah. uh, but yeah there's been a lot of uh a lot of working here in the studio. So I'll take a break from that. And the, the long-term term goal uh, with the company, especially now that uh, that it's, it's more stable, that there's no, there's no, there's no you know, early business kind of stresses uh, associated with it anymore, uh, I, can, I can start to relax you know, after, I'm, after I'm done with art school. And what, I, what I'm planning is to just focus on my art a little bit more. So I'm going to kind of step back from... Uh, from working on tutorials for a little while i'll probably you know do a couple more and keep keep working on the ones that i have improving them all that stuff of course but uh next year i'm feeling it's going to be uh you know more more focused on art and, and focus on the company and uh not that i'm not right now but you know focus on uh yeah different different aspects of the companies try try different things so uh long term um long term the goal is to to become essentially the the one place whenever if you're a starting artist and you want to you want to find a job or if you're a professional artist and you have uh, you know you have a lot of expertise or you have a lot of assets uh, that you want to to make a living out of essentially uh, that's the goal so to have you know a place where people can come in and and build their career and so this is you know it's obviously a big goal but this that's where we're going. Uh, we're going to have some, some. We're working on some pretty big features, some pretty big, uh, pretty big things to to make that happen. And so, yeah, for the following, you know, following couple of years, it's just making sure that the platform is better, making sure that everything is 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 uh, better for the sellers, better for the customers, and so that everybody's happy. You know, take the feedback from from everyone and just make a better product so that uh, we can get closer to to that goal. So, I'll be working on that for 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 the foreseeable future. Yeah, I can imagine. But then that's obviously the flip side of, you know, you were an artist for so long, you worked within such a big company, and then you came up with your tutorials. And do you feel like having focused on the company so much, it's taken away from your individual art skill? Or is that something you want to then? Yeah, so you want to be um, kind of churning that back out. And are you looking to be trying to take on work next year? Or, you know, because I saw you done you recently a commission for sci-fi, was it? For San Diego Comic-Con? Yeah. One of, yeah. So that never happens. Uh, it probably won't happen. <laughs> it won't happen again anytime soon if it happens. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, I, I never take commissions normally. But that one was was particularly interesting, and um, it came at just the right time. And for what they wanted, it was kind of a it was a good fit, right? So they didn't have much requirements. It was pretty pretty open. There was no. Uh, they were like amazing clients, essentially the best kind of clients that you can have working freelance. That was that, that job. So I'm like, All right, okay, I'll do this, especially now so I, I had just been done with a, a, a big term for art school. So I had, you know, a couple of days to kind of refresh and work on art. So that's, that's why I did this. But um, uh, yeah, so moving forward, it's definitely going to be more, more about art. Uh, this is something that I've clearly been neglecting, you know, in the past, yeah. the past two and a half, three years, uh, which is essentially taking this company off the ground so there's a lot of a lot of work that go into that and uh not much not much time for 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 anything else and so now now that things are you know they're, they're, the ball is rolling i can finally start to 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 be able to relax a little bit and and focus back on on what i really 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 love the most in life art and uh yeah, yeah. so pretty excited about that is that a, a thing that you will miss um you know, because I kind of saw on, on, you know, parts of your Facebook and stuff or, you know, following an art and stuff that you were obviously posting pictures when you were leaving and it was a kind of sad occasion. But is that something you feel that, 
I mean, you obviously, you probably miss it. You miss working within a group of people that are so talented and so driven. Is that something you would want to revisit later down the line? You would maybe think about going back Never. to studio work? Never. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Definitive answer. Like, not even a second. Yeah. Um, there's um, no way in hell I'm going back to to, uh, to a studio. And it's more like, uh, you know, if your experience um, at any point uh, being your own boss, and I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of freelance artists, you know, probably feel this, the same. It's yeah. more like, a, and especially with having kids. I think that's the, the main part of it. Uh, you know, I want to see my kids grow. And when I was working in video games and, and it was, we were being hit with crunch time back to back. Yeah. And it was really just like, uh, towards the end, you know, I, I love Blizzard to death. You know, I owe them so much for my career, for my for my life in general. That yeah. you know, that's even where I met my wife. So I, <laughs> I I owe them pretty pretty much everything. But yeah, uh, yeah, the, the 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 crunch part and the just the long hours I was putting at work, and it's, of course at that time I still you know the company was starting, so it was that more time that I needed to spend at, at once I got home. So essentially, I just never saw my kids and yeah. grow up, uh, and so wow. I was yeah that that wasn't flying anymore so that's why yeah you know, I, I could just, imagine yeah. i gotta go yeah and, that's uh, it. and uh, yeah it's been awesome man like uh the, i love teamwork and uh, i kind of have that back now you know that i have employees so i have that dynamic uh, that yeah that dynamic back again so i really really enjoy that but working on on on, on games and working with other artists that are super motivated of course i miss that a lot too but uh, it's more like the the drive that I have for for this company and the, the potential that it has and just all you know my team and, and as a whole and how just how much fun we're having uh, yeah, yeah I, I could never let that go yeah I mean and that's also I mean I, I've always said that I'd never do it within an interview because you always want to try and you know deliver the content that, that the viewers want to listen to or, or something that you know people have asked me to ask you but I think I'm only ever going to get this chance you know kind of once obviously I'll try and talk to you back and forth but like um one of my personal goals is to is to work at Blizzard one day um and probably uh not bashing the company, obviously, because they're a great company. But you know, if you were trying to put a kind of reality check on someone wanting to work there, what would you say is is the main thing you would give? Is it like advice? Like, you know, it's not all like it's not all playing video games and candy and whatever else. You know, there is obviously work there. But what's the kind of the sober and experience you would find having to go and work in that company? Um, if you were if you were sitting outside looking outside at the the orc statues, thinking, "Oh my god, what an amazing place to work." Um, yeah, I mean the the. Um like my my outlook on on video game work is still super super positive um so i you know for most artists i think uh, working in a studio is probably their going to be their best experience um for for most artists you know unless you have you have plans to start your own thing and stuff like that but uh while i was working there especially on the titan team this it was it was just awesome right so i felt like i was in a dream and for for those those five first years just everything you know the time passed by so quickly uh, but really it comes down to your team so really that's that that's the main that's the main uh the main glue i guess uh, for me at least um so you know you can be at a really uh, working on a really crap project. Not, I'm not talking about Blizzard, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> talking about a crap. Pro- working on a crap project, but have this amazing team behind it, and suddenly everything's okay, right? So, um, I guess that's that's one thing that I did not expect going into this kind of work. Uh, right. I always felt that the project was the most important, but right. um, yeah, after after a couple of years, it's really more about how how much fun you're having with your team, and uh, it's a day to day thing. So, really, it's 
it was never for me about about shipping games because you know for the majority of my career i didn't ship any games so i kind of dropped that idea that's not going to be a reward so i'll try to find a reward some, somewhere else and i really came with the team but as far as blizzard you know for for tips to go into blizzard the um it's one big thing is going to be uh your your love for games so they're really really big about that uh they want they want you know, employees that are also fans. Uh, they want people that are that are super motivated about their games, that are excited about their own personal growth, that are excited to work in a team, uh, other amazing artists. Um, oops, sorry about that. And um, the yeah, so so as long as you can show that you're super. Uh, that you're really, really motivated, that you're really interested in that job. And of course, that you're making a ton of progress, right? Uh, improving a lot, working towards that goal. Then uh, usually Blizzard is really, really receptive to that. And they, they tend to follow those those artists a little bit more closely. And so, yeah, man, it's, you know, for, for anybody else out there, you know, that want to that have a, a company in mind, a studio in mind, it's really all about working towards their art style. So, does it, you know, we, I did a lot of interviews in my time there. And the one thing that's, that always struck me as being very, very strange from applicants was that they, their portfolio had nothing to do with Blizzard. You know, when they apply, it might, it might be super good, right? So it might be some, uh, like they're coming from Ubisoft working on like Tom Clancy game or something like that. And it's all hyper realistic, uh, you know, kind of grayscale almost. Uh, yeah. It has nothing to do at all with the Blizzard style. And, you know, even though your art is obviously super good, that's not going to work out, right? There's no there's, there's no direct connection between the two, and so it's really that's that's the other part. So making sure that your portfolio is geared, or that making making sure that your portfolio screams Blizzard, um, yeah. and that has, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> the the majority of applicants that we did take in their portfolio really seemed like they had been working at Blizzard already. So all the yeah. art was Blizzard, Blizzard uh, flavored, uh, fan art of Blizzard characters, stuff like that. So that's that's a big part of what the company is looking for. Yeah. I was going to say that would, it would obviously harken back to things like Jamaro Kindred, who obviously has an amazing story of how he got into Blizzard. But yeah, the I want to work for Blizzard website, which, you know, you would look on that website and say, oh yeah, that looks like something from Warcraft or that looks like something from Hearthstone. And that's that's pretty much what, which is funny though, because across here in Scotland, um, we have Rockstar North who work on the Grand Theft Auto series. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the guys who worked there said to me that they would get the opposite, right? So they make games based in cities with cars and real people, but they would get people submitting applications with orcs with armor and shields and fantasy paintings. And he was like, this looks nothing like our games. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, and it's crazy to think, you know, it seems like the most obvious thing, but yeah, tailing your portfolio towards the studio um, is something that I try to tell people time and time again is that, you know, as one of the key things, because they need to look at your portfolio, right, and say, well, this belongs in our studio. We can see this working. Whereas if you've got to imagine exactly. almost and look at the Tom Clancy stuff, then it is harder um, to get that kind of vibe. So, yeah, definitely one of the biggest pieces of advice. I mean, you can teach technical skill, but the stylized stuff is is harder. And I almost feel that because I'm obviously trying to learn that myself is that, you know, I'm doing my anatomy studies and the exaggerated proportions of a lot of the Blizzard stuff, I think, is almost a harder technical skill to master than the the realistic stuff is that how you feel as well when you were drawn or um i actually was never interested in realistic stuff so i felt like it almost to me it always felt like uh 
and not to bash photography, but I don't really see the point, you know, of, uh, of trying to copy something that exists, but in a better version, uh, in, yeah. in life. Uh, and so, yeah, my thing was always, uh, you know, like fantasy stuff, things that don't exist. That's always really what, what drove me as an artist. So I never really explored anything that's too realistic. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people love that, you know, they really love to, to be able to recreate something and be like, this is 3d, but it doesn't look like it. And yeah. I guess, I guess that's cool, but yeah. yeah, not, not for me. Yeah. No, I can imagine that as well, because, um, a whole thing where I struggled as well when I first got in the industry was trying to copy or emulate realistic stuff. Cause I thought that's what would get me a job. But then I knew I wasn't staying true to myself because when I went, well, initially left my job when I was 28, 27, I actually loved anime i loved manga i loved comic books so that was kind of wanting to be my career when i left um but then i found out how little comic artists actually make sometimes so i tried to shift the games um and then i tried to make myself more and more realistic thinking about work but then again i wasn't kind of staying true to what i loved which was big proportions comic book characters and then um when i kind of changed my style and wanted to go more stylized and more blizzard like i was watching arnold's uh talk at gdc and he talked about how before he worked in overwatch he was working for udon doing uh street fighter comics um and then it also harkened to people like joe mad who i loved as well jim lee so yeah it was almost like yeah a full circle of i've came back to doing what i wanted to do originally um and i just love that exaggerated realism especially joe mad i mean i'm going to thu this year and and uh, and well uh, and joe mad's doing a talk there which is going to be like mind blown for me. I can't even believe I'm getting to actually be in the same room as the guy, but uh, his artwork, I mean, he's been working for Marvel since he was 17 and that's, his stuff is just, I mean, Battle Chasers especially recently has just blown my mind. That game It's just, the art style is, is, is incredible. Um, but that's, yeah, that's something I think that you've got to do is stay true to your artwork. Um, and if you're trying to force that almost, if you're trying to force the Blizzard style, um, you can almost tell as an art director or as someone who's trying to hire that it's not something that people are, are doing it out of love, right? They're just doing it because they want the job. Um, yeah. In, yeah. In, the inter- in the interviews, it always, not, yeah, in the interviews, it always shows, you know, if you're, uh, if you're really into it. And uh, I mean, yeah, of course you have to have the portfolio to match it, but this, yeah, this is something that people can snuff, snuff out. It's, it's pretty obvious usually. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then like, again, it's a thing that I think you've got to want to do for fun. It's, it's one of these things you need to be doing every day. And I mean, is it, apart from the kind of the side of um i'm trying to think the, the side where you're saying that the, the, the people were coming in for applications and their stuff wasn't matching the style was there anything even with people who had the style was there something else you found that was lacking in portfolios for students or people try to apply for blizzard was it like they just weren't paying enough attention to anatomy or there was too much i mean somebody said the other day that they hated fan art and portfolios was there anything that kind of stuck out to you apart from the style Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a couple of uh, red flags, you know, that, uh, that always come up and uh, they're always very telling of the, you know, of where the interview is going, uh, whether okay. that's going yep. to be a positive thing or not. And those are, um, so of course the style, that's, that's one thing, you know, the content of the portfolio, that's the subject of the, the, uh, the artworks in it, but the having technical shots, especially if you're applying as a, as a 3d artist, uh, we, you know, the guys working uh, at blizzard, they're obviously, very uh talented artistically but also technically and they want to see that stuff and there's you know there's been so many so many applicants that that come in with beautiful portfolios but there's no construction shots anywhere we don't see the uvs we don't see the apology uh and so it's almost like pointless at that you know if, if that's your presentation if you have nothing else to show uh 
that's that never works out. So you need to have those those more technical shots to show that the technical side of the work is actually there as well as the you know the artistic side. Um, and then the other part is just your personality, really. If you have to, uh, if if you come off as you know as cocky, or if you're you know <laughs> obviously just behave well, you know, like a normal person. But it has, it, there's a big a big emphasis put on the the culture of Blizzard and how people fit in. And yeah. so you really have to, yeah, you have to be easygoing. You have to to love working with a group, and you have to click with with the team and they. Sometimes maybe that's a bad decision uh, because you might skip on really talented artists that, uh, you know, that just didn't have that, that connection with the team, with the art team, yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, that's, that's still kind of a, a big element there. And so, yeah, I was going to say for communication and teamwork, you almost have to talk to people. I know some artists can be very introvert, which is totally fine. Yeah. But then it's like, well, maybe freelance is maybe something you want to look at as opposed to coming into a studio. Um, because you know yourself, daily stand-ups, meetings, uh, catch-ups, milestones, it's all stuff where you have to be openly communicative of your whole team, of your progress, what needs to be done next, what's done. Um, yeah, like yeah. it's, yeah. That's an interesting point, actually, because the, you're, you're right, right? So the, the majority the majority of artists are uh, are introverts, and that's just, it makes, it makes it easier to be an artist if you're an introvert, uh, because you can be on your own for long periods of time, you know, and, and not miss kind of the human connection too much, and be able to, to really develop your skill in, in like this, this bubble. But um, yeah, when working in game companies, they're kind of requiring something that's pretty different from that uh it, you know working in a team accepting feedback from other people uh you know dealing with other people that you might not agree with and my phone keeps ringing and um so yeah a lot of, it's it's something that you have to really of course be aware of uh, when, when going into games it's uh you know you'll have to kind of break out of your shell uh, and the sooner the better so yeah you know, getting into those communities those art communities online that kind of stuff really really helps to uh yeah, to, to put yourself out there because that's what's going to be expected of you at a studio yeah. job. Yeah, and I found obviously one of the best things I found for just getting out my shell and meeting new people was going to events. Like two years ago, I went to just workshops in London. Um, I've been to IMAG, you know, playgrounds, and then obviously I'm going to teach you this year. So these events are great for just, you know, even my, the guy I used to host the podcast with, he went to Edge Control in Canada and, and they have similar meets. So yeah, it's a good way for people to get, um, and communities and, and meet artists because like especially when I went to industry workshops the first year I was meeting people from Ubisoft from EA um, that I never knew they worked at these companies and these big speakers but they have so much time and so much to give back they want to talk to students they want to talk to younger people and or people you know up and coming and and give that back to to feed out you know look at portfolios give reviews um, and always you know constructive criticism and uh, and almost the hardest part I think of a lot of this industry is developing a thick skin because um yeah, it's almost so crushing when somebody tells you that that painting you spent five hours on or six hours on could really be improved if you just moved the light source or, or, or shaded better because <laughs> you're so precious about it. So, yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, go for it, go for it, go for it. No, no, on you go, Mark, on you go. I was just going to say the, 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 yeah, the feedback part, you know, that's, that's one thing that's, uh, I guess one of the hardest thing to adjust as an artist, uh, you know, especially if you've been working on your own and in your little bubble, you know, for the majority of, of, uh, of your upbringing, and then you yeah. land into this, this team that expects different things from you and they might have a completely different vision than, than yours and, uh, your vision essentially, you know, it matters a little bit, but not really, uh, you, yeah. you gotta listen to your art director and gotta, you gotta 
go the, the same path the team is going. And so that, that's, that takes a while. And uh, I think a big, a big part of being a professional artist is really that, you know, being able to, to take that feedback in and turn it into something positive, you know, put that, that, that maybe that frustration or that, that energy back into the drawing and, and, you know, essentially really improve it because usually those are always improvements. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And, and it's one thing that it's took me a while to work on, but it is something I, I still see people struggling with is, is taking that, that feedback at portfolio reviews or if you're going to a company and they're looking through your stuff and saying, well, this is great, but you could change this. And then they're coming away like, oh God, I can't believe I, I'm so stupid. I should have known. But yeah, it's all a learning experience and, and you really have to build up that battle armor. Um, what you're saying, what you're saying with the, the feedback though, and like asking, getting that feedback, I mean, that's, that's so important, right? It's, it's one of the most important things. And it, this is a lot easier if you're part of a, an art community and that can be, you know, like a forums, it can be a Facebook group, it can be, you know, whatever, uh, maybe some locals or something like that. But being part of that community, being part of the, the art community is so, so, so important. And so many artists just are not aware of that. And you know, the majority of people that are hired for games are people that are part of that community, people that, that interact with other artists. You know, they, they might give feedback uh, to different artists. They might, they might try to help. Uh, and then as a result, other people help you. Other people see you. They might share your stuff more and you just end up having that much more exposure. And all of that is just so, so, so important. Um, you know, it's always motivating for, for companies to, to see an artist over a couple of years and, and see how much they they grow, right? So even though you might not get an answer for, for, uh, from a company, or even though you might think that they're not watching, they're, they're most likely, they most likely are, you know, if you're, if you're making noise in the community. And yeah. so it's just a matter of time from then, you know, just for people that are in the same situation, it's all about keep on working hard, keep on showing that you're progressing and, and you might get that call too eventually. Yeah, definitely. That's always the, the thing I talk about with people when I uh, I try to bug people to come on my, my podcast is always follow the three Ps, right? So you be polite, persistent, and patient. Um, there you go. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Because, uh, yeah, it paid off with getting Mark on the podcast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sure that. See? Yeah. Proof. Proof it works. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, so definitely, Mark, I, I know you're obviously super busy because, of course, you're running an empire. So um, I'll let you go. But um, just quickly to say thank you for coming on and giving up your time. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure speaking to you. Um, oh man, thanks so much for having me. And again, you know, thanks for persisting. I'm glad. I'm glad I was. I was on. Uh, it means a lot that that you kept on trying. And and I'm flattered and honored to be to be here as well. Yeah, that's great, man. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'll post all of Mark's links for his own portfolio and for Cubebrush. Um, and if anything else that Mark wants to highlight, I'll, I'll definitely add it below. But go check out Cubebrush. It's a great resource for digital artists, um, for tutorials or assets. Um, of course, yeah, definitely stay tuned to the podcast. Um, we always want to hear back. If anybody has any questions for Mark, um, you can leave them in the comments. Um, I'll try and forward them on to him. And we might even, you know, down the line, when Mark has some more free time, although that might not be for a while, um, try and come back and do a Q&A or something like that or, or, or try and respond to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, again, thanks to Mark for, for coming on. Um, thanks to you guys for listening it's been an absolute pleasure um, and yeah check us out on iTunes on YouTube uh, Spotify and SoundCloud give us some ratings and likes uh, make sure to subscribe we are only 10 subscribers away from a thousand please God please <laughs> subscribe to the channel because I want to hit that thousand mark um, it's been like that for a couple of months and yeah I just want to hit that that round number it'll, it'll just satisfy my OCD um, so yeah um, so thanks guys and I'll see you all there <laughs>